Rico. <laughs> What's up, people? Moto X Pod Show brought to you by Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, and now introducing Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas. Guys, I'm your host, Mark Poole. With me in studio, as always, our faithful producer, DJ TJ Smith. What's up, man? I just spent all day working on bikes. We got a late start because of that and my fault. Yeah, yeah. Seems like it's all you do is work on motorcycles or FedEx trucks. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, or, so, be... or sorry route drivers. Yeah, or working on the track. It's always something. <laughs> always something. Guys, our, uh, our th- third cohort here, as always... Jamie Darkside Guida, the world famous Darkside. What's up, man? How's it going, guys? Glad to be here. Well, we're glad you're here. World famous. World famous. Literally world hey, famous. It's true. I have uh, friends in Australia now. Yeah, friends in Australia. He's got Mim. A- Mim from the Pope the the Pulp Show. The Pulp and, Show. And Thomo uh, and Thomo, yeah, they they message me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so I am I guess I am. Well, world I'm famous. the president of his fan club, guys. We're, we're taking memberships right now. Uh, just so you know. Ridiculous. But uh Guys, bringing Broadway Power Sports and Tyler Texas on board with us. We're really excited about this new uh, partnership with those guys. They have got an amazing facility. They sell everything in there. They even sell guns in there, TJ. What do you think about that? So you can you can get a street bike and go real fast. Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm sitting over here eating candy. It sounds then- like they have the... Uh- Biker gang starter kit. That's exactly the biker gang bike, starter kit. Get yep. you a gun and leather an jacket. Get you a vest. I mean, they get you set all year round. That's it. That's it. They've got more side by sides out there than I've ever seen in one spot. So uh, great, great people. You know, great people, great staff. Uh, I can't say enough good things about this dealership. So, they've uh, they've helped me and my son racing for quite a few years. Like. We're going on, I guess, almost 20 years, so yep, it's great yeah. to have them on board with the show. Yeah, they got big things on the horizon there, and uh, it just keeps growing and growing, man. Well, we're fresh off the Atlanta Supercross, and uh, otherwise known as Bike Theft Fest, and uh, <laughs> that, that was a bad deal right there, man. The yeah, K- what a bummer, KTM man. The I mean, all got stolen. I don't understand how that happens. Really. I mean, I guess I do understand it, but like when I go to Dallas Supercross... I can't imagine that happening there the way the security is. How, why is it not just as good? Uh, I don't man, Every year they go to Atlanta, something gets jacked. A bike yeah. gets stolen, a van gets stolen, something gets stolen every damn year in Atlanta. You know? uh, they were saying, you know, I was listening to Pulp on the way over here, they were saying it was from the hotels is where they got stolen, which I guess that, that makes a lot more sense. But, Dude, they'll steal them at the stadium but, and the security. Yeah, that, you know, I, don't get. I don't either. Crazy. I, I don't either. People suck. People do suck. So if you stole those bikes, screw you. You're, you're a sorry human. But, Agreed. Uh, hey, I, I'm sure they'll uh, they'll have more ready for what, what is this weekend? Toronto. Toronto it is. I, I don't even set. know if they go over there. I don't know. Yeah, if they, they do. Do they yeah, take yeah, the KJ? They'll, they'll be there. there. Oh wow! Absolutely. Well, guys, I guess we know what's wrong with Ryan Dungey. Not a damn thing. <laughs> you know, they just extended his points lead, and uh, he's still. I told you last week, he's in command of this series. He's in big command of it now. Well, I mean. He was riding amazing, and the most amazing thing was uh, Blake Baggett was catching him. Loved it. Yeah. But, yeah well, mean, Baggett got caught by yeah, uh, Anderson so, at the end, didn't he? Uh, he did. He did at the end. But what I'm saying is, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Baggett fan. We know. Okay, we all know this. We know this. I'm the, the head of his, um, what do you call it, fan club. But TJ really wants a jersey. Oh, dude. 
<laughs> right there next to my Ivan Tedesco jersey. I'll go. text Blake for you. Yeah. Oh, okay, that'd be great. World famous Dark Side. Dark Side can yeah. give me one. Yeah, hit him up. So, anyways, I mean, he's riding good. His Supercross skills are not though, like the world's best. They are say. now. They're getting better. No, they're, they're like, good now. But they're getting better, and he's getting better. But what I'm trying to get at is, is it that Dungey? I just don't see them on the same level. And the fact that he was being caught by Baggett. Well, a little bit of that had to do with that track. But um, Dungey's just, he's going to play it safe. That's why he is who he is and has the accolades he has because he's not dumb. He doesn't take stupid chances. And uh, now, Blake Baggett, you don't accidentally get on the podium. He's a legit guy now. That That's a spot where you don't just accidentally land up there and be like, oh, hey, you know, that's that. He has really, really come a long ways. And. I look for big things from that guy outdoors this year. We'll, we'll see at Daytona. That's going to kind of be the the precursor to kind of get an idea of where he's at with that. But you know what? Daytona's probably going to be a shorter race this year. Oh, yeah? You think so? Yeah, with so? the time main events, that, main, that usually ends up oh, being yeah. almost, uh, almost yeah, a 30-minute yeah. event. Right, so. right. Well, hopefully they'll have long lap times. That'd be cool. Even if it's a lower amount of laps, they got plenty of room there. Yeah, there's only so long they can make it, though. I think the Speedway kind of regulates how they do that. But, uh, yes. hey, we'll see, you know. It, uh, it's still going to be a fun one. But looking for uh, – let's see. Eli Tomac, again, bad start. <sighs> you know, he – he has to ride the way he does to get there because he's so far behind, and you, you're not going to win a title doing that, man. This ain't like Stu days where you can, you know, you got when you got somebody like Dungey ahead of you, just no mistakes because he ain't going to make any. Yeah, he was ninth on the first lap, and I mean Anderson, which didn't get back. Anderson was on the podium. Anderson started eleventh and got all the way up there. I mean, those couple guys can cut through, but yeah, how do they consistently have bad starts? I don't know, man. I don't totally agree that Dungey doesn't still have an issue now i don't think i don't know if there's something wrong I, I don't think he's any better than he has been i just think he got a better start because those guys were still putting in faster lap times than him they were coming no way without a whole shot if i had wins. to guess what's wrong with Dungey, it's those sketchy tracks that's yeah my, i think that's you're my... right i think that's a big part of it he's playing the long game well, but i don't think like all of a sudden he's just gonna keep winning i i think muskin and tomac are Faster. Muskin. Muskin. <laughs> Marvin and Tomac are faster every week. That's my opinion, and I think it's going to stay that way. They are, and I won't disagree with you there because you're 100% right, but Dungey does what Dungey does right. and, and just doesn't make any mistakes and doesn't have bad starts or, or, or any of that stuff. God, he's so comes, dialed, man. I hope it comes down to Vegas. We were, I um, love that, but he's got such a points lead. Right. I don't know now, you know. We're talking about starts this weekend. We were at Freestone, and my son and his buddy were both racing. And and we're my son always gets good starts. He's just been good at his whole life. He, you know what I mean? And he was talking about, I watched him a couple of the guys some bad jumps and then come out second on the start first moto mm-hmm. second moto almost got the whole shot i mean he's he's always up there and then this other kid was like i've been he's a bigger stronger kid and i've been telling him man, get your elbows out into that first corner and push people around you're big enough to do that kind of stuff and anyways long story short he he said i said man you had a really good jump what happened is i got pinched off on the first corner and then we watched his gopro and he had eight foot wide gap that he could have pulled the whole shot with him nothing against him but it's that it's that i know i'm going to be up front and that and that kind of gets me where and what the point I was trying to make was like if you look at it, second place on the start, Michael Ex- Michael Essie, mm-hmm. always up there. And you got to think, how is it someone like Tomac on a factory bike that has every electronic advantage, every advantage doesn't get these starts? And it's got to be something in his head. It's got to be he must feel like oh I got to get a start and the pressure he puts on himself because 
how does a factory rider not get, I mean, get consistently yeah, beat? I've by said it for years, guys. Alessi. You either can start or you can't. Mike LaRocco was a perfect example of that. But the record books would probably be a little different as far as McGrath's win total concern had LaRocco been able to get starts early on. Yeah, maybe. When he was Team Kawasaki. He, yeah. LaRocco was a terrible starter. Ironically, I, the last win he had in 04, he whole shot it went wire to wire. Very rare did you ever see Mike LaRocco right. do that. Yeah, know? I think it's there's mental things there there's technique things there i believe it's just technique. the hand eye coordination maybe his the the gate that first instant the gate twitches maybe that signal doesn't get to their brain quite as quick you know there's so many little things i don't think it's all equipment it's that reaction time and that's not necessarily equipment well and it, but then it may be they're not getting the, the traction they need because her technique's right, well, not right. Chad Reed's never been a bad starter in his career, and he's getting terrible starts True. this year. So yeah. maybe it may—I don't know. Maybe you're right. This mental thing—I think you're onto something yeah. there. I think that's an interview that's he had this weekend. Where he was talking about how they—he said he's got something figured out where it's consistent now, right. and he's not practicing the starts. I would like to know. He—I know he went from the hydraulic clutch back to the cable, and then back to the hydraulic. Man, I'd like to—I mean, I, I'd like to know what the the big advantage of that hydraulic. You know what I mean? Like, cause it seems like on a start, it's on or off. I would right. feel I don't I don't know that I'd like that. I've had a bike with a hydraulic clutch on it, and yeah, it was nice. But I I just for some reason I like the cables cable better. I don't, I know that KTM not that I'm I have, anybody. I suck. But, that KTM you know. that I have now, it's got a really hard pull on that hydraulic. But it, I think it's just indicative of that bike. I guarantee you, the one that those factory guys it pulls in like butter. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, and again, just to go back to the mental thing, look at Michael Lessie. He doesn't always have the best equipment. I mean, he hasn't for a long time probably. But mentally, he knows I'm getting the start because mm-hmm. that's what I do. Yeah, well, they, 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 Michael Lessie's one of the best we've ever seen yeah. at that. So, guys, we got a big lineup for you tonight. At uh, later on the show, we're going to have Team Green Kawasaki's Lance Kobush on to to discuss what's going on with him and all the amateur scene. And before that, we're gonna we're pretty pleased and proud about this one he is uh is an, a blast from the past he was a team suzuki standout as an amateur he was a, a, a good professional rider too texas's own charlie bogard i know a lot of you guys will remember that name and uh man i can't i can't wait to talk to charlie guys this is it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be pretty cool what you think absolutely man he's one of the best amateur riders i've ever seen uh, he was nuts on it. Hey, that RM80, dude, I don't even know that he ever used his brakes. That dude was <laughs> Right? Yeah, just all that super cross section at Swan they had back in the day. He was just tripling all that stuff, just going through there better than the pros were. You know, it was it was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, so, he, uh, he, he was doing, uh, like, best whip type stuff before that was popular on 80s, just upside down and backwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll get – we'll have Charlie on here in a few minutes, and um, – Man, I, I, this is this is gonna be a good one, guys. But uh, big thanks again to our sponsors, uh, Shock Socks. Go check them out at shocksocks.com. PMP Sprockets also PMPSprockets.com. Call those guys. We're gonna. By the way, we're gonna give away a sprocket, and we'll let yes, you know. We how, we're gonna we'll let you know how you can win one of those here later in the show. And the guys, that's a that's a top of the line aluminum rear sprocket that you just. Jump on this. This is going to be a good one. So, and then, of course, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler. What a, you know, phenomenal place. They'll price match any online deal you can find. And most of the time, they can get it to you the next day. Yeah, I got to hang out with Shan from Shock Socks this weekend up in the announcer's tower at um, Freestone for a little while. That guy kind of got me started doing announcing, got me, you know, wanting to do it. Mm -hmm. And it was great companies, all three of those companies on board. It's awesome. 
Yeah, it's, it's a good yep, good deal. people. Jamie and I went to the uh, the vintage race at uh, Johnsonville this past weekend. I'm gonna tell y'all what I have got the vintage bug. That is what I want to do. That is the coolest scene in the in moto right there. Those it's guys just, do have fun. Yes, they do. It uh, it's not you know I don't think everybody takes it too serious. I think they uh, I think they just show up and have fun. You'll see quite a bit of uh, beverage consumption and things of that <laughs> yeah, nature. And yeah, I no longer participate in such things, but it's fun to watch other people do it. So some pretty cool, nice like vintage bikes. Oh, uh, beautiful bikes. We got yeah. to hang out and talk to another Texas legend, Dennis Hawthorne. Yeah, I was a fanboy this weekend. I had to get my picture. Yeah, yeah we saw him. your selfies with him. That was cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jamie got one too. Heck yeah. Uh, of course, man. He's, what, five-time arena cross champion? So, so check this out. We're walking around looking for Dennis Hawthorne, and while we're looking for Dennis <laughs> Hawthorne, we, we passed Dennis Hawthorne. We didn't know it was Dennis Hawthorne. Said something. He was talking about his funny hat he had on because they had a tribute to it to a, a rider that passed away. Yeah, he was away. talking to Cha-Cha. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we didn't know that. was sitting. Then we passed him over there by the by the bathrooms, remember, yeah. first? Yeah, And then we get over there, and we're like, look for him there. It's like, no, that's him right there. And we're like, oh, we're standing right in front yeah. of the dude. Literally oh, wow. two feet from him. And I, he, he looks different because I haven't seen him with a beard. Yeah, yeah, he's got a beard now. It kind of threw us off. So, <laughs> But uh, it was cool, did, you know. Cool talking to that. Had to nice hang guy. out there. Five time arena cross champ Dennis yeah. Hawthorne. He know. he denied uh, Mark a friend request on Facebook. Though, so. <laughs> I was bummed. bam. He oh. didn't. I don't think I even told him my name. I was so starstruck. <laughs> so oh well. But hey, I, I forgive him. I, I still uh, I, I'm still a fan. I don't care. So uh, well, let's go ahead and uh, we're gonna have a guest here coming up for you. TJ, go ahead and get him on the phone, Jamie. All right, guys, coming up next uh, is a blast from the past. You Texas people will know this guy, former Suzuki standout Texas native, Mr. Charlie Bogart. Charlie, how you doing tonight, buddy? Doing good, sir. How are you guys doing? I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. We're all a little giddy over here getting to talk to you and uh, looking forward to discussing some stuff about your career and seeing what you're up to nowadays, man. We got uh, our producer, uh, TJ, in the house. He's uh, TJ, say hi. Hey, what's going on, Charlie? How are you this evening? <laughs> Man, good. I uh, just finished up making dinner for my uh, my wife and kids. Yeah, these guys got here right in the middle where I was about to eat dinner, and they wouldn't even let me eat. They were so excited to get you on the phone. <laughs> yep, you get right, to eat right, right. I, I, I was just hoping I got done with mine in time, so I, I, I just finished, so it all worked out. <laughs> right on. <laughs> right on. Well, Charlie, what, what uh, you know, post-race life, what are you up to these days, man? What, what are, you, are you working and uh, raising kids? Yeah, man, I'm I'm a family man. I, I appreciate my uh, wife and my children, and I got two girls, man, seven and ten. Uh, they pretty much keep me busy. They don't ride. They they're kind of like bookworms. They like to read, which that's good. Didn't get it for me, but I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, uh, but a lot of people don't know my parents. Uh, uh, I'm third generation, kind of like a sign guy, not so much of a, a sticker guy. I mean, I do decals and whatnot, but we do signs. You know, like pole signs, channel letters everything you know i mean my my grandfather built the building in 1956 so awesome signs have always been something i do and it's just kind of what i do still where's y'all where are y'all living right now uh i live in wiley texas man i've been out here uh going on 14 years now oh wow Uh, awesome yeah it's up uh, north of dallas right yeah yeah i'm pretty much uh uh, for someone that's been to town but don't know i'm between plano and rockwell uh, uh, just on that side of town. I just wanted to get my kids. I was born in the middle of the city, between Austin and Grand Prairie, right in the center of the Metroplex. And I just wanted to live on the one side or another. So I moved out here, and this is where I wanted to raise my kids. And got good schools, and we pay for them definitely. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's funny. They don't let you. They they want to make sure everybody uh everybody gets taxed properly on those, don't they? 
Uh, man, I, I, if you, I don't want to get all into that stuff, but man, uh, Wiley, you know, we pay for our kids to have a good school. <laughs> I'll sure. say it like that. We definitely see our bill and bill whatnot, but I mean, that's what we pay for, man. I want my kids in good schools. Wiley schools are good for my children. Uh, they test well, and uh, the city of Wiley was actually rated uh, in the top 50 suburbs to live in in the nation, you know. So it's, it's a cool little place, man. Uh, I love Dallas. I love Texas. <clears throat> that's where I'll always be. That's awesome. Well, Charlie, tell us a little bit about how you got started racing dirt bikes. Uh, man, uh, my dad has always been into motors. Uh, he was a car racer before I was born. Actually, a lot of people don't know the scar that I have on my face. People just know it is me, but I got that on a three-wheeler when I was five in, like, 1981. And I raced four before dirt bikes and three-wheelers before four-wheelers. And, so, I mean, I just I, I tore up power wheels back way back in the day. You know, I can't remember, but I've seen the pictures. Right. <laughs> so, Charlie, you were telling me previously that you raced Loretta's on four-wheelers, right? Yeah, yeah, I've been to Loretta's uh Two times on four wheelers, I believe it was eighty seven and eighty eight or eighty eight and eighty nine. Yeah, it was so muddy one year that the races were delayed so long that they actually built a second track. Dave Coombs, senior Dave Coombs, built a track behind uh, the laundry mat up there on Boot Hill or whatever, mm-hmm. and there was a track behind that. That they had to run the big bikes down there and the, and the mini bikes or the mini four wheelers. We raced down there in the swamp. Well, that's funny uh, because these guys, Charlie, they they are like ultimate fanboys of yours. But I used to race four wheelers, and I switched over to dirt bikes about six. We six never or seven let him forget ago, it either. And they pick on me constantly. But oh, like, but you're the coolest guy ever. And and you see, we won't be able to pick on him now, Charlie. That's right. They, thank you, Charlie. Man, listen, listen. <laughs> I've been on both sides of the fence on the four wheeler thing. You're a dirt bike rider. You don't like the guy stand up your rut. You're a four wheeler rider. You know, your ruts don't work for me and my ruts don't work for you. Um, you know, I mean, you're going to hate on everybody, but the thing is, is four-wheeler riders, and they get the short end of the stick, they should have more places to ride. So they, have the lo- they have the same love and the same passion as the rest of us. Definitely. They, they, got, they got four wheels in two, and they get hated on for the wrong reason. Hey, so I got a question for you. you you're going to settle an argument here. So I raced some national stuff in B B class in the four wheelers, and I've got like six championships on four wheelers. And these guys say they're not as valuable as my B class championships I have in dirt bikes. And I say it's all equal. What do you say, Charlie? I uh, don't quite understand the question exactly. I don't want to crisscross the story, but uh, <clears throat> if you know somebody that actually has a, a, a B class title. Or, or has a B class, you know, been to Loretta's or been to one of the major nationals in the B class on a big bike and has a title. There's a lot of boys that race Texas and race dirt bikes in Texas and around the country, and that's a hard thing to come up with. Sure. But if four wheelers and dirt bikes are different because the amount of people that race them. Sure. But sure. Yeah, once you're one step below pro, it is an equal playing field. Right. Well, there so, you but, go. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a tough thing to do because you still got to get there. You still got to beat out all those people that are that. And if you can finish in the top five in the B class and one of the nationals, that means you are close to the top 10 or possibly top 10 in a big, you know, in the A class. Right. Right so on, it, man. It's all, it's, it's all in what you're capable of doing on that particular day race. And, but I mean, it's hard to say, but I think, uh, if you can get a, I won titles on four wheelers 
And then a few months later, raced his dirt bike and got lapped by Wyndham and Carmichael. You know what I mean? Like, a, you know, like one in August on a four-wheeler. Right. And then and then at Lake Whitney, thought I was going to race a dirt bike. And Lake Whitney got lapped by Carmichael and, and, and Wyndham on a 60. Yeah. Well, and, Chuck, you know, one of the last times they raced together before they were on big bikes, you know, was when they raced 60 together, so. Well, I tell you what, Charlie. That they may have lapped you that day, but that didn't last very long. It looks like you were pretty competitive with those guys in the in the upcoming years. Now you were on Kawasaki's your first few years at Loretta's, were you not? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Basically, um, I rode Suzuki four wheelers. That's what they were. Uh, that's all we had to ride back then. And uh, I rode started riding sixties, and I rode Kawasaki eighties. I think I only. I think I rode ninety one, ninety. 91, 91, yes. 90 and 91, I may have went to Loretta's. I think 91, I was definitely Loretta's on a Kawasaki. I think every year after that, I was on a Suzuki, I believe. In 92, I started riding Suzuki's. Yeah, that's so. what the results say. 92, uh, from, from from 92 on, you were, you were on Suzuki's. And uh, 93, you win your first Loretta's championship. Looks like it was the ADCC 1415 modified class. Tell us about that, man. That that was a, a crazy era back then. I believe Carmichael was still on eighties and uh yeah, man. Uh, let's see. Man, I, uh, uh my memory ain't what it used to be, but both years that I got titles at Loretta's, uh ninety three and ninety five, both those years I was pretty much dominant. <clears throat> but in ninety three I actually won I think I won all six motos, stock and mod classes. But I only left with a mod title. Uh, hmm. Back in the day, I had an issue. I was breaking wheels, so I had some bigger spokes put in my bike, and I had an aftermarket stock replacement rim, and it was like a millimeter thicker or something. And they said that that made my tire wider, so that's why I won. So <laughs> I didn't leave with only I only left with one title. But I mean, it's all <clears throat> you live, you learn. What's crazy is uh. That happened to me in the next year. Big spokes and big rims were uh, safety. Right. And everyone was allowed to have them then. Yeah, it's funny how that works. You know what I mean? So, and then, they, well, then, like two years later, all the little mini bikes came with that stuff production. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. all the kids were riding. You know, the riding changed. Everyone started going bigger, jumping faster. So, I mean, just <clears throat> how it is, man. I ain't, ain't got no hard feelings of it. But yeah, I had a good year. 93 was a good year for me on dirt bikes. Yeah, Charlie, sure. I remember uh, I remember 94, I think I was at uh, what would have been the Pro Challenge at Swan here in Tyler back then. And I seem to remember you were, were, were hobbling around on crutches. Maybe you broke your femur that year? Uh, yeah, 94, 93 was a good year. 94, I broke my femur in March, and I got myself back together and uh, moved up to big bikes. And then, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, 94... Thanksgiving Day is the day that Leon let fumble the football in the snow game at Cowboys. Yep. I'm a hardcore Cowboy fan. <laughs> I, I had surgery on my leg that Thanksgiving Day, <clears throat> and I woke up after surgery and remember looking at the TV trying to figure out why it was snowing in Texas, and I was in Florida. <laughs> right. And, and, and so that day sticks with me. But, yeah, I broke, I broke both legs in two different crashes. Uh-uh. In 94. Yeah, 94 was the beginning of me finding out what broken bones really felt like. Mm, 
Right, right, yeah. That, that was, that was br- I just got off break doing the the tip fib on my right leg about a year and a half ago, and it's a while recovering from those things, especially in your later thirties. You know, back I think it's when you were a kid, you could probably bounce back a little quicker. But man, they never really uh, the aches from those things never really go away, huh? Ah, man, I <clears throat> since I quit racing, I still try to. I mean, I don't work out, but I still stretch. I'm still pretty limber and flexible. And I don't have pain like I used to have. Now that I've been off a motorcycle long enough, <clears throat> I don't, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't really have the same pain. I don't, you know, feel sore no more. It has to do, I think I don't put myself to it. If I stand on off-cambered ground and run around a bunch or do a bunch of stuff on a hillside when I go four-wheeling, my knee gets sore from running around. But I don't, I don't, com- I don't really have, it ain't worth complaining about, I'll say that. My pain is, you know, I did to myself. I enjoyed it. I left with a grin, so. Right on, man. Charlie, I, you know, I, I moved to Texas in 91, started racing at Swan, and just, like, have a bunch of memories of how amazing you were on 80s and some of the things you did. Did you have any fear of of just, I mean, you would jump things, like, this, coming out of the Supercross section at Swan. Oh, doing I remember that, that. That double that we yeah. Did you ever have fear of that, or did you, were you just so confident that you didn't feel like Man, you, uh, I always... <clears throat> I can't, sorry, excuse me. Uh, but no, I, I not to say I don't have fear over things like that. I, I developed a fear one day, and that's why I quit racing. You know, I have kids. I have something I think about besides myself and racing dirt bikes. But uh, what you're talking about at Swan, I have a stupid memory for tracks. And yeah, that thing where they had two triangle jumps. Yep. And it was supposed to slow everybody down, and I figured I could just hop from one to the other. <laughs> yeah. it, it, was, it, it was it was pretty easy. The only thing I didn't calculate for was that tree I had to duck for. Yeah, you kept ducking. But, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember but, that. But the, but for the most part, man, I, I always told people when I taught lessons, can you see yourself do it? Do you really believe you can do it? Can you see yourself do it? Yeah, I said, well, then what are you waiting on? You know, I mean, that's how I looked at racing. And especially growing up racing, especially after I got pro, I would go to the track, walk the track, and go, oh, that might be tripled. I mean, we didn't really do quads that often. You know, we tripled or quadded or whatever, and you look at it and you go, well, I'll try that right. the first practice. You know, I'll get that out of the way because I'll either figure out I can do it or I can't. And if I can do it, I'm going to do it six times in the next practice. Right. And that lets everybody know I, it's, a, it's an every lap thing. It's not a, I'm not going to jump it once and hopefully pass somebody. I'm going to do it every lap. Right. Well, Charlie, and, speaking and of that. Go to the racetrack to win. Yes, yes, sir, absolutely. Speaking of uh, your pro career, you start that off with a bang. Atlanta Supercross 96, man, second place. That's legit. Yeah, it was a good day. Uh, <laughs> I always have uh, excelled at tracks that were uh, difficult to ride. And that back in the day, you didn't really see Supercrosses on every weekend. I didn't know Atlanta was going to be all gooey and rutted and muddy, but it was. I came off the track after the first practice, looked at my dad, and said, I didn't jump a triple. I didn't jump a triple. He's like, you did wonderful. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, and then, and then I realized how everyone else was struggling there. Right. And it, and it really was a, it was a good day. I had some other good finishes. I got fourth several times, but I never got back on the box. But uh, the track played into my hand. The other guys, you know, several people crashed. It was a you know what I mean? But it was a learning experience. And then and then I left Atlanta and I came to Dallas and I had to ride on Blue Groove Rut. <laughs> and I had never rode a Blue Groove Rut before in my life because none of our local tracks, they don't let them get that way. They prep them too much. So sure. 
I had never seen that in the Dallas. I didn't have a good day at all. But it's a learning experience, man. I don't take any of it. No, I enjoy it all. Yeah, right on, man. Well, uh, it correct me if I'm wrong. You you did struggle with injuries throughout, you know, your professional career. Can you kind of break a little bit of that down? Think what things that happened to you, so on and so forth. Uh, man, uh, I don't even know where to begin. Basically, in '94, breaking you know one leg, then the other leg. And that sets you back a year, and then, and let's see, 97, my second year I was pro. I broke both arms at Charlotte Supercross, you know, and then that summer at, uh, what, Hangtown, I crashed and tore my ACL. So then the next year you don't get a ride, and you got to make the best of it and fight that battle and grind. And um, I got, I started doing the arena cross thing and started having a lot more luck and get making some money and, I got a factory Suzuki deal and went to California. I was in California in 2001. I was only out there a week, and I crashed riding a Supercross track with uh, Mike Craig and Tyler Evans, Doug Parsons, Greg Schnell. And I crashed riding with those guys on just a Saturday and knock a hole in my kidney. And, Mm. you know, next thing you know, in 97, you knock a hole in your kidney, you lose your kidney. I knocked a hole in my kidney in 2000, and they let me keep it. But see, a lot of people don't know is I bled internally for two months oh, walking wow, around. Wow. And, 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 then, and, then, and then I didn't get out of ICU for over a week. I walked around bleeding internally, and that finally stopped at about two months. And I wasn't physically able to work out or stress my body for 17 months. And that day they told me I could start working out again. You mean I can jump rope? Yeah, you can jump rope. I left the doctor and started calling friends going, who's going riding today? I don't have a dirt bike. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I think three days later, I was on my way to Waco Arena Cross to race. And I hadn't raced, you know, in nearly two years. So and it's funny. I, you, actually had, I actually hadn't raced since the Pro Challenge. That's funny you say that because this coming up weekend is, I think, oh, the Waco Arena Cross, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually have gone full circle. I now build to O'Reilly's Arena Cross Tracks. I leave for Waco in the morning to go down there to build the track this weekend. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's yeah, awesome. this, will be my, this will be my fourth year. I was for uh, Texas Track Masters. Russell Carey, when he he, does get, when he gets motocross tracks, I, he pretty much calls me and I help him do the motocross tracks. Cause his... But yeah, yeah, I did uh, the Odessa event. It was earlier this year in January. And I actually, like I said, I'm leaving. As soon as my kids get on the school bus in the morning, I'm taking off to Waco, and I won't be back till uh, late Saturday night. Hey, Charlie, speaking of Odessa, I was listening to, and th- the story will, will drag out for a second, but I was listening to the, the DMXS radio show last week. They were doing a live broadcast well, from Atlanta. Well, they were interviewing McGrath, and they'd asked him, had he ever first raced place he ever did in First place he ever did a knack-knack in front of a crowd. Yep, yep. He was saying... The first, the first arena cross, the only one he ever did was in Odessa in '95, and he and he brought up. He said, "Here's a blast from the past, guys. Who won the ADCC class that night? Charlie Bogard, McGrath remembered that. This was a few days ago." Yeah, man. Um, growing up in my career, I didn't mean to interrupt your story, but I yeah, said so he did the knock knock in person that night. He was number fifteen, and he had not made his Supercross 250 debut yet, and he was doing the knock knock there at that place. Uh, Wyatt Seals put on that race. Uh, Goodman, Grayson Goodman, drug him out there to it. It mm-hmm. was a cool. It was a cool event, man. It was a. It was a very different arena cross track, but uh, 
growing up doing what I got to do and meet the people I did, I've met a handful of those guys. And Jeremy, I met him in 1990 at Cotton Bowl for the first time. And it was a few years before he really knew me and recognized me. But he's always been a good guy. I mean, some of these, most of these guys that race Supercross, these a lot of the average spectators on the most of them are real people. They're just like everybody else. Right, sure, right. Sure. You're not on no high horse or nothing. Hey, uh, Charlie, you know, you and I talked the other day, just kind of discussing this interview, and you were talking about concussions. You wanted to say, say some I'm, things about that. I don't want to make a big deal of it. People need to do realize that, that when you hit your head on a dirt bike, you know, I was one that I'd race later that day. I'd go practice tomorrow. But I just think people do need to pay a little mind to it. Don't be scared of it. I mean, everybody's going to fall down. You know, everybody's going to get injured. But you need to be aware of, when you don't feel right and so many of these kids these days are training and training and training and you just need to remember you got to listen to your body sometimes yeah absolutely. there's always tomorrow there's another race next weekend yeah we saw that this weekend with christian craig you know they he felt like something wasn't right and he chose not to race saturday night i didn't i i i'm a super fan i mean i really watch all the time i went to one of the gps this year that was in america i'm planning on going to the one that's this year i just don't know where i'm planning on going right now because they canceled it yeah but but i'm a super fan but i don't follow all the details of everybody's thing but i watch the races i follow them but there's a a lot of these kids are young they're riding real fast and they're i mean i will tell you man the sport of motocross if you get hurt and you can't race there's somebody else behind you They'll give you stuff too. That sure. is the sport. The sport is very cutthroat that way. But you know, it's a small sport. If you put in the work and you work hard, people know it. No, they'll, they'll they'll pay you off for it. You know, you'll get your ride. You keep putting in the work. So, Charlie, you don't. And that's what it. Go ahead. I'm sorry, buddy. I said that's just what it takes, man. In this little world. So the motocross industry is very small. People think it's huge, but it's a small little world. You're right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, Charlie, do you do you still ride any at all, or, or no? You don't no, no. I, I actually went out. Jamie, uh, you might have been there. I actually went out and rode with the uh, the Texas Vets Unite guys two years Shane ago. Garcia and some boys. Uh, it was actually two or three years ago. It was a Facebook memory on my uh, page. <laughs> yeah. a few weeks, a month or two back. But I think it's been three years since I swung my leg over a bike and. The last time before that was like a year and a half, too. I, um, it's hard for me to explain to people. I miss riding some days, like when it's 80 degrees and it starts raining and the sun's shining. I miss riding at those moments. You know, there's certain days I miss riding, but I got these kids. I love them so much. We ride bicycles. You know, we play. You know what I mean? I just I do other things now. I've grown up. You know, I've truly... Sure. Truly, my goals and my what aspirations have changed some since I was a little boy. Sure, sure. Well, you've got a a, a lot of memories, I guess, to, to fall back on, and probably had some really, really good times doing it. And uh, sounds like you made your peace with it, and that, that's really cool to hear. Yeah, man, I, I I enjoyed myself riding dirt bikes. But, you know, dirt bikes took me a lot of places. I say I say it to people. I don't mean to brag, but. I've driven 48 states. Pretty cool, man. I've, I've been educated on what, what the real world has to offer, or what at least America, you know, state to state has. It's, uh, dirt bikes is a wonderful thing. It kept my family, not together, but it had us always doing stuff all the time. We're, you know, my family's still together. We're still tight. My wife and her family all grew up racing off-road. You know, they're not motocross people, but they all rode. Even my wife rode. She actually... When she was pregnant with my first kid, 
we found out she rode the day before and crashed, and we found out she was pregnant. We're like, oh, damn. Oh, well. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? But, no, I mean, she's 10 now, so it all works yeah, out. Yeah, right, right. But, you know what I mean? But, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's my way of life. I just don't ride no more. But it's still who I am and things I think of every day. Well, that's awesome. Hey, Charlie, we really appreciate your time tonight. Thank you for coming on. We've got to wrap it up. But, man, we really, really appreciate you coming on here and speaking with us tonight. And it's really good to hear things are going well for you. And, that, uh, man, thanks again. Thanks for having me, guys. And I say, if you're ever out this way, you know where Bogart is. I'm always in Texas. <laughs> All, All right, right, Charlie. Well, I look forward to meeting you, you down the road then. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate it. You guys right. have a good day. Okay. You too, bud. Charlie Bogard, ladies and gentlemen, man, wow! You just you don't get to interview guys like that every day. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, especially uh, like amateur, like the, the true amateur phenom. Right? He there. was the man back in the day. Yeah. He was the only guy that could beat Carmichael at one point when they were still on mini bikes. Yeah. And, he, uh, there's a lot of other stories we could have talked about, but you know we only have a limited amount of time. But he he did some pretty cool things. Like I think I mentioned in another show, watching him jump a supercross triple with a hump in front of it on an eighty. Yeah, just because <laughs> yeah. he could. That's it. Yeah, he was kind of known as that guy that was just fearless and you know di- didn't care and was just going for it all the time. And it sh- and it showed in his results, man. And hey, you know, uh, kudos kudos to that guy. What a good career. So uh, yeah, man. Well, w- folks, we're gonna go to commercial break and uh, let you hear from some of our sponsors. We're proud of our new commercials, aren't we, Mister TJ? First commercial break. We are one show away from being twenty shows, and at that point. Our next show will be 20 shows. So it took us 19 shows, but we finally got commercial. We finally act like we're somewhat professional, <laughs> even though we really aren't. But y'all listen to these. Let us know what you think, and we'll be back after the break. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Yo, TJ. What's up, man? Do you need an upgrade to your drivetrain? Well, you know I do. Well, man, you need to get it in gear with PMP Sprockets. Heck yeah. Yeah. Who, I mean, why, you didn't think of that before. But why would I go to PMP Sprockets? Because they have colors for all makes and models. And they even offer sprockets for street bikes. So I can ride my KTM on the street? Yes, TJ. You can ride your KTM on the street. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, if you go to PMPSprockets.com and type in Darkside MX3 at checkout, you'll save some money. How about that? I like saving money. You like saving money? Yeah, this, I like saving money. This podcasting stuff, I'm going broke. I was I was broke before I got here, so and I have no money, so there we go. Hey, Facebook slash PMP Sprockets. Check them out online, PMPSprockets.com, or call Kim and the crew and tell them Moto X Pod sent you. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. 
and don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back to Moto X Pod Show. All right, we got a special giveaway tonight from PMP Sprockets. We're going to do here, here's the question. What you need to do with the answer to this question is message us on the Moto X Pod Facebook page. You can send us a direct message on there. What year, as our prior guest was Charlie Bogart, what year did Bogart turn pro and what was the result of his first race? We just discussed it. Send us a message on Facebook. And also with that, tell us why you deserve why you deserve to win this bracket as opposed to somebody else. Do that, and uh, we'll pick a winner and announce it next week on the show. That's right, Moto X Pod on Facebook. Yeah, and it, you guys go to pmp.com. TJ Stripper announcer voice. Go to pmpsprockets.com and check it out. You'll see their product, and you, you're going to want one. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a it's, man. It's hard to buy good stuff nowadays, isn't it? Man, they, they, yeah. they, they make good stuff. It's it's worth worth its and, weight. And it's a Texas company. That's right. That's exactly. Why it's good yeah. yeah. It's I literally just ordered another sprocket today just to have a backup. Well, we can't all be ballers. Yeah, because you got an extra set of wheels, and we just <laughs> he's that's got what a happens when I don't have the extra set of wheels. Factor yet, Jamie. But. That, that's how. That's why you can do that when you have a bike that's like what. Close to 10, 10 years, years old. old. <laughs> you, you accumulate yeah. a bunch of stuff. I don't have a bike years. payment. so Exactly. You know, yeah. I, I want to go back real quick to something Charlie said. And no, we're still going to make fun of TJ. Oh. Four wheelers, man. It's just. Gummit. It's Bogard just, redeemed himself, though. <laughs> you know, he yeah. turned pro, got on the podium in Supercross. I mean, nobody cares about the quad. Nobody quite honestly, that. if you had won a Supercross race, we're still going to make fun of you. Yeah. Absolutely. Fair absolutely. enough. You guys make fun of me. We make fun of Mark. It's part of it. I mean, what do you do, right? That's right. Uh, you got <clears throat> I make fun of y'all all the time. You just make it easy with the fact that you rode four wheelers. Yeah, you're an easy target. That's and then we can always it come better, back to that. Is it better or worse that I was really good at it? I don't. Well, that, that's know. a matter of opinion, TJ. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> because, we don't know that. I never saw it. Oh, okay. Jamie, did yeah. you go to the four wheeler races with him? Don't lie. <laughs> I didn't even know they had don't four wheeler races. Hey, no. I know y'all went to Swan whenever they were racing four wheelers. Not back me. Then. I don't never? remember that. No, uh-uh. Man, I never. I remember. remember being at some track where there was four wheelers and people bitching, but I don't. <laughs> that, that, that tends to be. What I happens. don't remember them racing them. I don't. Maybe they did. I remember yeah. them being out there during like practice days and people being pissed because they were in the way. Well, it's. You, you, I just don't think the two mix on the track together. Right, I don't right. care if I go to a track and there's quads right. there. I just I don't want to. And you know, I've been at Three Palms on that one tr- the river track where they'll let quads on with the bikes. And dude, I've had some sketch moments with that, so I'm out. <laughs> I'm but with I'm you on cool. that. I'm with you on that. I yeah. ride dirt bikes now, and I like yeah. ruts. Yeah. I think they should be separate. I'm they gonna tell y'all what though. Separate. That's a sand track, and those four wheelers had the lines in so good that day. I was following all of them. They were perfect. Now <laughs> it's the only time I've ever. Berms. Absolutely, I've never had that happen. But hey, guys, if you ride quads, you ride dirt bikes, whatever. If it's your passion. Yeah. So we support it. Sure. Yeah. If you listen to our show, you're you're cool. We like to make fun of TJ because it's fun, not because he rode quads. Kind well, of a little easy, bit, a little kind bit, of an easy target. A little bit because he rode quads, but right. you know, yeah. it's an easy target, and we know it pisses him off. So, hey, TJ, why don't you call Lance for us real quick? All right, guys, welcome back to a Moto X Pod Show. With us coming up right now, <laughs> Team Green Kawasaki's Lance Kobush. Lance, what's up, man? Uh, nothing much. Just made it back to. 
Robbie Reynolds, and uh, we had a great first day of riding, and uh, just got done doing some stretching. Hey, how is that training with Robbie Robbie Reynard? Oh, I love it. There's a lot of fast guys here, so it really pushes me every time I'm on the track. It is Robbie, and uh, his workout his workouts are great, and he he's not like real crazy hard on you. Like you know, you kind of tell him how you feel, and he kind of bases your workouts off that. You know, so some days are harder and some days are easier. You don't overwork yourself. So what? Uh, I think he's really smart and he's he's good whenever you ride too. It's definitely working for you pretty good too because I've seen you here locally at a few of the local races here, especially at Freestone this weekend. I mean, I guess you must have had a bike trouble or you would have won all the motos, right? Yeah, I saw you pull off early during one of the motos. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had some problems in that one. But, uh, yeah, all the other ones were good. You know, uh, I've been struggling with starts lately. So we that's really what we wanted to see was, uh, you know, how my starts have been improving. And I, uh, I've been practicing a lot a lot of them and they were they're really good i was i was first person across the gate pretty much every every time you know because it's a lot easier to start out front and ride than it is to come through the pack so my starts were really good they're on point there and then uh other than that my riding was good i was pretty solid solid all weekend and uh won every motor that i finished yeah that one moto was kind of a heartbreak because you and mashburn had quite a battle going on but um unfortunately with that bike issue but man that was you put on a really good show this weekend thank you well lance what do you have coming up uh in in the upcoming weeks race wise uh right now i don't think there's a i don't think we'll be doing a whole lot uh there's a race um i think it's just spring nationals are coming up. Yeah, you got so, Daytona, right? You gonna do Daytona? Yeah, so we're gonna be putting in a lot of work to try and, you know, get our, our, give our last final, final push before the spring nationals. We got we're doing Daytona and Freestone, and so hopefully I can get good starts. And uh, I do believe that my speed would be will be there. So uh, ho- hopefully it all goes well, and we can just keep it on two wheels and uh, get good starts. And I think we'll we'll get some good results. Right on, buddy. Hey, um, what, what was that again? So I was going to, yeah, sorry about that. Anyways, I was going to say, I got to meet your dad this weekend, and and his name is Lance Kobush, and I was going through the vault, and I noticed that there's a Lance Kobush in the AMA vault. Did your dad race as a pro? Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, he, uh, he, he rode a little bit when he was young, not a whole lot, um, but then... Once he got old enough, he bought his own bike. He raced for two years. He went C straight to A, and wow. then and then went pro. He raced A locally a little bit, and then went to Millville and got 28 when he was 28 years old. That is awesome. So, yeah, I saw that in the vault. I was really surprised, like, because I was looking through there because I was trying to pull up some of your stuff in the. Um, uh, what's it called at Loretta's and how you finished there. And, and so we had that here to talk about. And uh, just anyways, when I came across, I was, I guess I was accidentally on the pro stuff and I saw a Kobush and I was like, Lance, Co- we, were like, we were like, wait, man, he ain't that old yet. Yeah, is he's he? not that old yet. And then, yeah, so that, so that, that's awesome. And 98. Lance, what year were you born, bud? 
I was born in 2001. Yeah, he wasn't even born yet, already <laughs> placing it in national. Lance is taller than me, I think, and he is still a year younger than Doc, who is like a foot shorter than me. I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, so I noticed that your very first time at Loretta's on a Cobra, you got overall in the 50s, on in the 50s stock class. It kind of set the bar kind of high for yourself. You said he won you? the overall? Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, I my first year to, to Loretta's, I... Won every moto, swept it, so uh, you know, kind of set the bar pretty high for myself. And uh, unfortunately, since then, I've had bike problems and injuries, and you know, I've got some seconds and lots of podiums at Loretta's. But uh, hopefully, this year's my year to to get on the top step again. Which but, classes uh, are you running this year? I do believe it will be Schoolboy Two and Two Fifty B Mod. All oh, right, on now, Lance. You won the Monster Cup, did you not? Yes, I did. Oh, awesome! That was what twenty fifteen. Uh, yes, I do believe. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's definitely like so. Basically, you've got uh, pretty much all the titles at least at some point in time, or have been up there in contention for all of them. Kind of like got you in on the road to being a professional. What is your timeline? You're looking at a few years before you get close to running Supercross or at least trying to get your well, Supercross Looks like points. you've got a pretty good start in Supercross. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying as far as getting going the road to Supercross, you still got a few years for that. Oh, yeah, it's definitely coming up really fast. <laughs> so, uh, How old are you now? I'm 15. 15, so are you, are you going to try to turn pro at 16? Um... You know, it, it really depends on how I feel and, you know, if if I can stay healthy and, and you know, just keep keep progressing like I have been, then I think it should be pretty good. Uh, I just got on big bikes. So I'm doing my B year now, and I should go A. And uh, hopefully I – what I want to do is I want to go pro around the beginning of the season. That way I can race all, all of the rounds. So, uh, so it, it, I will either do, I think, like a half a year or a year and a half, depending on whether or not how I feel. So hopefully all goes well and I'll feel prepared and ready by, uh, by I think it'll be about next year or so. Are you getting about to, a year and a half to two years. Are you getting to ride and train with Fortner? Uh, yes, I actually rode with him today. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it's really good because, I can like judge myself, compare myself to him, you know, because he's he's a top pro rider, right? And so once I can run his pace for thirty minutes, then I know I'm ready. So how close are you to that? I mean, watching your speed at Freestone, you're unbelievable. I can't imagine you being that far off the pace. Yeah, we were pretty close. We were pretty close today. Uh, you know, we'll just have to keep getting stronger and keep progressing and you know i think i, I can be there in no time you gonna make him nervous <laughs> <laughs> well, kids I, coming man i was looking at your bike out there man that thing is pretty much a pc bike you're running air forks on the 250 i mean that thing is like i don't know if it gets much better than that especially for amateurs yeah, is that a full pro circuit bike no no it's not like the pro bike are all the team green guys they they get the suspension and the motor we all run the same stuff so uh, it's not it's not quite the pro bike. Uh, it's it's a few notches behind. So uh, ho hopefully you know 
I can get something close to that. You know, they're fun to ride. So. Oh, I bet they are. Have you got a chance I'm to? De- I, I know you probably don't want to say it, but nobody listens to this show. You got a chance <laughs> to throw your throw a leg over one of them PC bikes yet and do a few laps? Yeah, I've rode Austin's before, and so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's, <laughs> it's a great bike, and, uh, and so yeah, it, it's pretty sick. Well, heck yeah, man! Looking forward to getting on that Mitch Payton program, huh? Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Oh, well, right on, man. Yeah, he sure is. That's exactly what, yeah. Yeah. I think we all are. That's all he had to say was, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) we knew what he was talking. Yeah, there you go. Well, cool, man. Well, Lance, uh, we appreciate you coming on tonight, bud. We wanted to check in with you and see how things are going. And, man, we look forward to to seeing your awesome results in the future. Thank you, guys. Hey, do you have any sponsors you want to thank before you get off the phone? I'm sorry, what would you say? I'm sorry. I I speak German half the time, bud. (laughs) Do you have any sponsors you'd like to thank before we hang up here? Uh, Monster Energy, Kawasaki, King Green, the whole guys over there. Uh, they all been helping me tremendously. Um, my dad's been been there since day one, so huge shout, shout out to him. Uh, Shift, Bell Helmets, 100% Goggles, Ethica, Underwear, um, iLab, Fox, 100%, Dunlop. Uh, everybody that's been helping me out, you know, can't do it without them. So, huge shout-out to all of them. Well, hey, Lance, we really appreciate you coming on tonight, bud. Thanks again. Thank you. You guys have a good night. All righty. Lance Kobush, ladies and gentlemen. Man, TJ, I think you made him nervous. I, you think so? I think you made him nervous. He was like, man, I don't know about this creepy dude who's been following me around at the races. And <laughs> he's calling been. me on the phone. I have been, yes. yeah. Yeah. Stalking him on Facebook. Stalking him on Facebook, liking all his pics. Hey, good kid, and the family's awesome. I met, met the dad this weekend. They're good family. And you know how it is. You hear uh, like a horror stories of some of these, you know, amateur phenoms, parents and family, and how they act, and they're the exact opposite of that. That's so. good to hear. That's good to hear. No, no many, no many dad tyrant. Well, at least yeah. when I was there, it wasn't. Right. But he was also winning too. Yeah, he got he got he got him in the he got him in the motorhome and said, "Son, uh, can't do that for these people. I'm gonna show you what's." No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, he he was actually pretty cool, especially I, the fact that his dad went two years from the C class to riding pro. That's ballsy. Yeah. That, that, so that means that Lance kind of comes by it naturally. Yeah, that's in the gene pool for sure. He uh, that, that kid hauls ass, straight hauls ass. I'm looking forward to see good things from him in the future. But uh, anyways, yeah. guys, well, what else is on the horizon here? Racing this weekend. TJ, talk a little bit about uh, what you got going on with the uh, torn deal. Wait, wait, wait. What you were supposed to have going on, but your wife has your man card and you can't go. That, your wife like... has yours too, son. Oh no, sir. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, sir. But, anyways, Jamie, you, Jamie, and I are going to the torn race. Oh yeah, I do what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, man, it, it's my parents are going to be in town, and you know how that goes. I can't be gone, you know, all day. One of the days, it's, it's just I'm going to get a, be able to get away with going to the Moto Masters race at Swan just because it's in Tyler. You right, know, yeah, I'll be at that too. Yeah, we'll do that together, and uh, I'm going to ride that old two stroke out there, and. Hopefully not get smoked too bad by some of these old men. That's right. And then, like I said, the touring race, we got a bunch of guys going, a bunch of moto guys we got talked into going. I think it's going to be really fun. I think the most exciting thing I have is, like when I get on a motocross track, I kind of know where I should fit in. I got guys I should beat. So if someone's in front of me, it kind of sometimes ride over my head just to get around them or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in this, I could be dead last, and I could probably be okay with it because – I have no clue how good right. I ride out in the woods. This, dude, that's what I did this weekend at Kirk Hunter's place. He has a motocross cross-country course. Couldn't tell you how 
long it is mileage wise, but Matt Crouch, who's a very fast woods rider, put yeah. a fast lap in. We timed him at just under five minutes. It was like four fifty five. Oh, wow. So I figured mine was probably at least a minute longer. And I felt like I was hauling and I did four complete laps, which is awesome for me. So I feel ready for this weekend. Because oh, yeah. I got in a groove and TJ, I, he gonna get you. I've yeah, done the exact I've done the exact opposite training. Right. I've been not riding and you know, just saving my energy. Yeah, I've been I've been carb roll loading. I've been eating sugar nice. and candy so that way I have plenty of energy. What are these damn candy? sweethearts he's got sitting? What are, what are those things called? TJ got a, them four Valentine's packs of these candies. candies. Valentine's, Valentine's candy. Be mine. These are the candies it's, that say stupid things like just look in the box. I Sweet pea. I wonder if there's one there. True love. I wonder if there's one in there that says quad racer. That hey, you know what? That's like some of my favorite candy. And my wife found those on clearance because obviously Valentine's over. So shit, dollar store special. Right That's there, right. Buddy. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know about them candy. You ain't gonna have any teeth left after eating those things. But uh, yeah, you wanna? You guys wanna just call him right on the yeah, phone real let's quick? Just call him we're real gonna quick. we're gonna have a, a friend of ours on and uh, Mr. Ryan McPherson. Oh, I, I believe you guys both him know him. But yeah, we'll just oh, we should have called. We should have called. Right on. Yeah, he'll be there. He's just going to answer, and that's all there is to it. I think he's going to answer. <laughs> Hello. Ryan McPherson. Hey. You are live on the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, man? Oh, just good timing, guys. Just uh, pulled in on the little Z125. Had to make a little run around the corner. And, <laughs> yeah, man. I was supposed to text you first, and then we, we got we figured just cold got the phone with Bogart and – Nah, it's all good. Just run it. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. No, we, uh, man. No, I was just uh, had to run around the corner. The fridge was out of beer, so I had to <laughs> roll around the little Z125, go grab a couple coldies. You know, I knew you guys were calling, so I had to get ready for it. Right there, you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. How y'all been? We're good, man. Just uh, how's the weather up there? It's good right now. It was it's, hot as hell today. No, it's 80 degrees. It was perfect. And not in my truck. It felt like it was 110. With, with me yeah. growing up in Houston, I like the weather. It was humid, and it was warm. It was well, perfect. Yeah. Now, Ryan, you live in Houston, right? Yeah, no. We were never. I was in Dallas. People were saying it was very – a lot of the California people, at least, were saying it's so humid up here. I was like, yeah, it feels pretty good to me. I don't know, but <laughs> – yeah, I'm originally. From, it is what it is. I'm This is Jamie. I'm originally from Cali, and man, the day I moved here, we lived in Barstow, which was right on the edge of Death Valley. It was 122 degrees. I moved here, like you know, we drove out here two days later. It's 98 degrees, and I felt like I was gonna die. <laughs> the humidity man, sucks. I'm telling you, the uh, the heat, the heat down here. I don't know. I guess it's like I think the worst heat in the world that I ever experienced was uh, probably Ponca. It's like 110 degrees but it's very dry you don't sweat as much you don't you don't really kind of realize it until you're just worn smooth out and then uh on top of that whenever you're sitting at the starting gate for 30 million minutes the uh <laughs> they got like the metal tin cover so you're like baking right underneath it like it's just oh man that was death that was i remember i think that was 2011 or so and it was Man, it was so damn hot. And uh, I remember coming back to Houston. It was like 102. And I was like, man, this is nice right now. Like, this is good. I can deal with this. 115? Uh-uh. Yeah. Right. Hell no. So, yeah. As California folks don't know about this Texas heat until they actually get in it. So, yeah. 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 I've been here yeah. 20-something years, and I still complain about it. But, hey, well, I mean, you know, it's Brian, all good, isn't it? Oh, sorry, Go man. Ahead. You know, we're all – all of us are uh, Pulp fans. So, those, those of uh, the people listening – uh, when Ryan calls into the Pulp Show, he's known as Skippy. Oh, just remember, to give a little background, he's got good calls. He's got a good story, too. Yeah, yeah. 
Which one? <laughs> the uh, some about the some about the doghouse at a racetrack, maybe Swan and Kiefer. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you got my vote on that, by the yeah. way. That was yeah, my, man, that was my you know, one. that's all right. You know, it's all you can't win them all. <laughs> right. Well, you should have won that one. That was my, I think that was Keeper's favorite one too, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. It, it started the whole contest. Like I can't I called in after dark to check and see like, hey dude, what's what's your virginity story? I bet you that's a pretty good one. I mean, geez. <laughs> All of us sitting there thinking about it, like, oh man, like how did the great Chris Kiefer lose his virginity? <laughs> it's like, oh man. <laughs> so, yeah, mine was pretty bad. Like I I still think the only reason why mine was so glorious is first off, I mean, how many firsts do you have at motocross track? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, your first uh, broken bone, your first whatever, you know, first chick, whatever. It's all good. So many different <laughs> memories that of first. I mean, nothing better, but what made it was the fact that I had a mullet, you know, and back in the day when mullets were going hard for like trans world, you know, mullet hunter. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> but I had my hat on backwards. So I had no idea. It just, made, it just looked like I had long hair, so. <laughs> yeah. she had no idea she, she saw me the next day after after a moto and i'm sure she was like oh my god that, just happened. <laughs> that, that happened last night i'm sure she didn't tell anybody well your story beats she the hell not. out of mine i tell you what mine was mine was with an older chick that had two kids in an apartment somewhere and, and, and some, cool. some crying from so your part mine. I the same chick. <laughs> that's probably the same just chick come, <laughs> just come running home oh, yeah, <laughs> well she taught me a lot that day i'll say that but the story wasn't that cool so it uh um, that was probably the most I learned was uh, I was I was so proud of myself because uh, there was just it wasn't a moto mom but it was a moto aunt I guess yeah <laughs> and, yes uh, that's awesome and it was a, a moto, moto aunt. aunt like it was like her her nephew was there and I was working at a dealership in Houston and uh, uh, she had some really nice fake tits and I was like I didn't even I was twenty one I ain't never really experienced fake tits before but I was intrigued by them and so. <laughs> I'm well, sitting there working on a bike. I'm working on a bike, ready to get ready, and uh, you know, getting ready for a Saturday night race. And she she comes up to me Saturday, like, "Hey, are you heading out there to the race at like noon? This is a night race at Three Palms." And uh, I was like, "I was like, yeah, I'll give you a ride, whatever, no big deal." And I was just like, "Oh man, I'm sitting there just you know, half woody the whole damn time, staring at the boots trying to <laughs> drive down 45." And I'm just like, "Oh my god!" I was like, all right, listen, I got to get this over. I need to see it too." I go ride this dirt bike. This could be dangerous. <laughs> and so, yeah, but that girl, yeah, she was twice my age, and I was very, very proud about that. That was a proud <laughs> moment in my career. There you go. <laughs> well, hey, Ryan, you know, I heard a little bit when you were uh, doing the uh, the show down there. Uh, yeah, and, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're no longer doing which, this, correct? What, yeah. You, no, what? no, like uh, – I mean that was all cool. It was just uh, I I had started a new job and I was already they had already prolonged the show an extra hour and a half just for me to be on and yeah uh, you know the guys over there they started out with their three bros and they brought me on and you know we had fun with it for a while but I mean it's just you know my schedule couldn't do it and you know they just wanted to go in a different direction so right. it was all good no big deal we well, had a lot of fun together so. What I was going to ask is, I you know I listened to a couple of episodes because I'm friends with you and I want to check it out. And you were kind of telling a little bit about how you got into motocross and you had a couple of brothers, I guess, that were pretty fast back in the day. And tell us, yeah. tell us a little bit of your background, real quick. Man, yeah. So uh, you know, I'm the youngest of three boys, and my oldest brother and my middle brother as well. They we always grew up riding, and by the time the third one came around, they just figured, what the hell? Here, let's not even like test it. And we tried a couple other sports. We played some other sports growing up. And we were good. My uh, middle brother was really, really good at soccer, and he was just 
he was one of those dudes. He was the brainiac. He's very, very intelligent, and he was just the, the different one out of me and my older brother. Mm-hmm. But my oldest brother, he was a real bad dude, and I thought he was freaking Superman back in the day. And you know, I go back and look in these pictures. I'm like, God, dude, he was a squirrel. I was just, <laughs> I just really thought he was just the king. Right. And so, uh, you know, even whenever we got older, and he got faster he was always really good at starts and there's always certain things that he was really good at and i always made sure that i had to be good at those two because if i get older and i ain't good at it that ain't cool uh, but my brother did i mean he rode with vernon and clayton not quite on their same level but you know about the same you know level that i guess i was at an a level you know I yeah was, i was racing with van and all the fast dudes but i sure as hell wasn't like side by side with them after four or five laps you know but uh you know my brother was pretty good and he just didn't follow it very much and we always grew up racing up north and you know so i my dad uh eventually just started taking me by myself and we started getting after it and kawasaki was pretty cool with some team green dealer programs and oh six oh seven and oh eight i think it was like through a dealer and you get an extra discount if it gets approved and it wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't like the real team green shit, but at least you got a you got a good hookup. And yeah, so. that's the same thing. That's the same thing my son has is the team green dealer support ride. Yeah, yeah, and you get like back in then it's like you get however many bikes you buy, you get two thousand dollars spending yeah. money on a. Yeah, that's how I, that that was pretty cool. And right so uh, we did that, and that's when I started to get faster. And I remember doing specifically uh, the one race that stands out where I kind of made my transition into. You know, let's start taking it serious. Was oh six, uh, Swan Pro Challenge, and there was a lot of bad dudes on the line. I don't remember specifically, but I know there's a lot of bad dudes in the B class that year. And uh, I was on stock suspension, completely stock, brand new bikes, never ridden ridden them. And I think 250B and and then 250 Open or Amateur Open or something like that. I went uh, five 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 twelve against like some real bad dudes like uh i'm sure hackley and i think canard may have been there at that point but there's a lot of bad dudes that year and yeah that was kind of my i won't ever forget josh rogers because uh josh over at ebr back in the day uh he was like man that was like pretty good because i was the kid known as like 80 i rode 80 beginner for four or five years like i was a squirrel <laughs> that raced xr 100s and ttr 125s and it was that moment right there where josh was like dude like are you on stock suspension? He started asking, he's like, stock bike, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. He goes, dude, like, you're killing it on stock shit. Like, you don't even care. And once I once I crashed a couple times, I started figuring it out. You know, a couple broken legs later, you kind of learn to slow down if shit ain't right, and I'll just go for it. And right. you know, I got smart I got smart as a young age, and as soon as I got on 450s full-time, I learned to respect the bike. And I think it kind of prolonged, you know. I just kind of slowed down from racing you know, a year or so ago, and I'm 28, so I mean, I was still kind of chasing the dream for a while, but it was just, I enjoyed the people, I enjoyed everything about it, it's not just the racing, and once I actually got fast, it was like, okay, well, I guess I better start training and doing all that, and I did that for a good while, and it just gets burnt out, man, I don't know how these people do it for 10 years straight, that shit's gnarly. <laughs> right. What class are you riding now, when you go? Uh, I race the... 176 mad dog uh pro class because i'm just basically a flat tracker right now at this point oh, okay <laughs> but when i do race i'll race plus 25a gotcha okay and that mad dog so, class is an absolute blast to watch i did some announcing back in the day for a flat track that we have local here and i know a lot of the older flat track guys and man that mad dog class is so much fun 
That's a good track too. That's I think they got uh embanked corners there too in Tyler, right? Well, the one here is the yes. one in Bullard, and it's got Bullard. Ten, that's it. Yeah, ten degree bank. Do you come up here and race that track? No, no, no. Oh, a lot okay. of my guys that I race with though do, and I almost went up there one weekend. And this weekend we're racing out of Collins. Uh, I got a guy that just you know basically lets me rent one of his super hogged out factory bikes, basically. Yeah. And we just split the purse, but uh, that's basically all I race: one seventy-five or one fifty-six Mad Dog Pro, and then uh, you know, I mean, depends if. If I'm out racing, I don't go. I don't go race anymore unless I go ride like a week before just to see. Let's all right. I ain't ridden in two months. Let's see how out of shape I am. And if I feel good on practice, then I'll go tear it up. I'll go race. But you know, if you can look at the pro, you know, if there's only seven or eight pros or nine pros and the guys need one more, like screw it, I'll line up with them. I'll get a whole shot and fade to fourth after two corners. Sure, <laughs> cool with that. Like I'm down. But I mean, just the guys is what it's more about helping out the kids and growing up in dealerships and stuff that you know it's cool because you especially the moto dealerships you can really see everybody out there and you know it's, it's cool it's cool building a relationship with you know just the people of moto you know what i'm saying absolutely that's, yeah. yeah that's why we love it absolutely yeah. i've met some of the best oh, friends yeah. i have yeah. due to this sport and um man it's hard to beat yeah. it my uh one yeah. of my co-hosts here mark and i we went to the tvrc the vintage mm-hmm. series up at johnsonville sunday and we both kind of have the bug to maybe get into some vintage racing dude i'm telling you that shit's fun like uh i raced a, I rode a 73 husky cr250 at rio bravo and i would never race rio be, just because it's just in my opinion just a little bit too narrow for my comfort mm-hmm. uh on you know full-blown 450s but that track was so much freaking fun riding on that little bike it's like just it's it's so much fun and those dude those old bikes handle so good they corner <laughs> so good people don't realize how good those things are yeah I'd like to ride you know, one that old it's just like riding a like a pit bike basically <laughs> as yeah far as I mean you gotta, wise goes yeah you got to be that's why Rio is cool everything's very very forgiving uh, it's very smooth and I mean you can always find a line there's always lines up there and I mean even if you got to go through some trees you can find a line. <laughs> uh, but I mean that place is killer for it. And I got a uh, O2 CR125 I'm building, and that's all I got to ride right now. I sold my KTM 450 a couple weeks ago, and I'm down to just the two-stroke if I want to go ride. I'm in the same boat, so, man. I've got a '96 CR250. I'm about to sell my 450 and just keep it for a while because I have so much fun riding that thing. Man, man, I'm just over it. I caught a false neutral uh, at Three Palms a couple months back, and uh, I washed my bike, and I put it up, and I put it up for sale. I was, oh, hell no. Mm. Can't be doing, can't, I'm, yeah, no more. I've been lucky so many times in my life. Yeah. I can't be doing false neutrals on 80-foot doubles. Right. No. <laughs> right. That ain't cool. I'm done with that nonsense, man. The only way to get rid of that is ride a two-stroke. Yeah. You may remember from listening to the Pulp Show that last year in April, I shattered my collarbone at Rio. And- yep. Well, that series kicks off this weekend at Swan, and I'm hoping to not have any injuries because I am out of sick time. <laughs> I can't afford to get hurt again. <laughs> Shit, TJ, we don't even have sick time at our yeah. job, do we? No, no. You you deliver boxes if a FedEx broke or not, I think. Yeah, it don't matter. You got to show up. <laughs> you, could, you could be on your way to the fu- your own funeral. You better not be late to work. That's right. Yeah. See, that's another benefit to working in the motorcycle industry. You show up on crutches or with a sling. Everybody's like, yeah, like, what's up? <laughs> Everybody knows it. It's, yeah. like, it's totally all cool. Like when I, when I quit racing, like every weekend kind of thing a couple of years back, I went and tried to do a big job, and I was sitting there, and it's like, yeah, you can't be getting hurt. You can't be doing this. I'm like, what? Like, 
What right. do y'all do? Like, what do you <laughs> yep. do to like? How do you like? What are you talking about? How do you live your life? Exactly. Like, Ryan, you go play golf, or you go do this. I'm like, golf's cool and all, you know. Golf's a lot of fun, but it ain't moto. Like, what do you? What's your hobby? Do you do anything? Like, yeah. Right. What's your hobby? <laughs> like, what do you do? You right. Just, yeah. I mean, beer and football is cool and all, but you got to do something that you like thoroughly enjoy, right? And I think dude, so. there's so many people in the world that just don't have something like motocross like we do. We you know, they just don't get it. They, and they don't have anything like that in life other than, you know, their family and their jobs and whatever. That's cool for them. And that's, I mean, that's cool and all, but I just don't get it how people could, uh, you know, in their lives, you know, 40, 50 years old and be like, damn, I should have done something done some more cool stuff. Right. I should have rode dirt bikes. There you go. There you go. Well, <laughs> hey, Ryan, we appreciate you coming on tonight, bud. We're about to wrap it up here. So, uh, but man, we're going to give you a call again in the future if that's okay and uh, just shoot the breeze with you. Yeah, man, give me a holler. I'll uh, I might be up in Dallas. I got uh, somebody I'm supposed to have a meeting with. But, you know, who knows? I might be up there a little more often. Awesome. Hey, yeah, so, that'd be good. We got to get together. Especially you if in. you're in on like a Tuesday, you come sit in on a show. Oh, hell yeah. You know, it's uh, it'd be a good time. We'll, we'll have a lot of fun. So uh, I'll keep you guys updated, but appreciate y'all uh, having me on. All right, Ryan. Appreciate right, Ryan. you, bud. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Have a good one. You too. See ya. All right, guys. Awesome show tonight, man. Yeah. man. Charlie Bogard, Lance Kobush. We appreciate all that. Ryan McPherson. And uh, shocksocks.com, pmpsprockets.com, broadwaypowersports.com. Guys, go check them out. Don't forget our uh, Sprocket giveaway on Facebook. Message us. You heard the question earlier. We appreciate it. For DJ TJ, Darkside, Muscle Mark. See you next week, guys. Suave.